This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. My congratulations to so many of you who went through the grueling 50,000 words draft. That was the goal for the NaNoWriMo month. And that I thought this would be a great idea, not only for those who went through it, but for those of us who didn't do it or don't write fiction, but you should be using storytelling forms of fiction that are truism, I guess I would say, in the nonfiction side. So I thought it would be ideal to have a real pro with us as we come towards the end of the year to really talk about uh, the cr- craft, creativity, and having the courage to follow through with, with writing uh, for being inspired to taking your word out. And, you know, when I said courage, it really is courageous to be an author and finally lay it out in front of everybody. With me is uh, Anne Randolph. Anne is someone who I think is one of the, the best type of writing muses you would like to have in your midst. She has, she has a huge background, which uh, is, is music, from working with the Colorado Symphony to being with an opera in Tennessee to literally uh, being the first uh, Fulcum Publishing Company fellow. And has degrees, certainly, in literature and theater and brings that to her writing. And her her she's an author herself. But what I want her to do is really to tap dance and open up and look at the things that... And you don't have to tap dance. Well, we can listen to you tap dance. That would That's be good. That's right, yes. Um, but that, you know, a lot of her short stories have been published on the Red Hen Press. She also is an author... Uh, of a book, and I'll have her talk a little bit about what's coming up with that, because if you love Southern writing and Southern stories, this is going to be your book for you, just for pleasure reading. But I thought it was time, let's just get smart about publishing, about writing, and soaring your success. So with us is Anne Randolph. You can always find her at Anne, with, that's with an A-N-N-E, Randolph.com, and check out the classes she teaches online and in person in writing. And we're just going to jump right in and get going on things. So Anne, welcome. Well, I'm so thrilled to get to be doing this. This is a lot of fun. It's a nice break. Break. I, uh, I do writing workshops, and I'm trying to get my uh, writing workshops online in this era where none of us are going anywhere. And uh, <laughs> it's much more fun to talk about writing. Uh, in fact, yes. 
Well, in fact, what what I do, I call uh, my workshops kitchen table writing because I think if sitting and writing at your kitchen table or what is close to that, your dining room table, uh, is the best way to free yourself up. Uh, I have a a pattern of writing in the mornings, and I think that that's really the very best time to write. Now, people do uh, write at midnight. I mean, so what I encourage people to do is to find uh, the best time that works for you, where you feel comfortable and free. And um, and I do a whole series of uh, prompts where I introduce your writing and inter- give you something to start writing about. And then I encourage uh, the people who are working with me, uh, I can give you a suggestion of something to write, and uh, and then I encourage you to write something else to go in a whole other direction so um, anyway that's what I do uh, kitchen table writing I do have a website uh, and I, on my website I have some suggestions of uh, of writings of, of ways for you to start your writing uh, I have a rule where you keep your hand moving when you write and you let anything come out of uh, come out of the pen, come out away from your hand. Uh, an example, some of the prompts that I use are words like if only or I really wish that, uh, my mother always. And uh, and I suggest that you write the first line that I give you and that you write, if nothing's coming, you write it several times and then you just start putting out what uh, – what is supposed to come out that that you ignore what I suggest and you uh, go with your energy and your flow with that. So that's what I do. Anne Randolph at Kitchen Table Writing, and uh, I have a whole bunch of the, some of this information on my website, which is AnneRandolph.com. Uh, well, there you go. All right. So Anne knows what she's doing, and Anne, just briefly tell us about what's the name of your book that you're. Just ready to birth? Yeah, I really am uh, ready to burst. Uh, I won a great competition that uh, that provided me a cover, and I mean, just so much, so many resources, which is wonderful. And that competition was uh, put on by Author You, which was founded by Judith Bryles. So I find that really exciting. Uh, my novel, oh, I actually have two. Uh, my novel is takes place in Alabama. I'm I'm originally from the South. I don't know if you hear a little slur in the way I talk, uh, but I'm originally from the South. And so this book, uh, a uh, a young woman, uh, well, let me see. That's the second book I'm, I'm going <laughs> to tell you about. That. And All I'll right. tell you what that one is. A young woman is driving through Florida with her cats to a new job, and she is detained. Sometimes I use the word kidnapped, but she is detained by a holy roller snake-handling mechanic who says he will fix her car. She has trouble with her car. And so that's an adventure. Um, It's an adventure that actually is based on something that happened to me. I was driving out of Florida to a new job. My destination was Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I was going from Florida in sandals and a T-shirt to 
Minnesota, where I had to buy a coat and some boots and and a knit cap. And uh, anyway, so that's that um, that's that particular novel. And my uh, other novel is called The Sweet Not Enough. My agent actually doesn't like that title and wants me to call it uh, The Sweet By and By, which is a, a southern song. Some of you all might know that. Uh, but I'm still I'm, I'm going to call it The Sweet Not Enough. And uh, this is a, a, a southern story, Alabama, 1945. A World War II prisoner of war returns home to find that the mother of his 10-year-old daughter is pregnant by his black half-brother. So we we go deep into the south, <clears throat> the south and the roots of the south and stories of the south, and um, so anyway, that's in, that's in process. Both books are actually finished and are are you know up for publication. Well, that sounds exciting. All right, so let's jump into this. A lot of people who listened in are in the process of writing a book, have finished writing a book, don't know what to do at this point. What can you, as a writing coach, come back and give to them to encourage them, to inspire them, to goose them along, and not send things that are incomplete and are going to be thrown out after the first two paragraphs, Anne? How's that sound? That sounds great. Uh, One of my premises is that I do not think you really know what your book is about until you have written the whole book. And then you, then you start pursuing what did I write and why did I write it and what is it going to do for my audience. Um, I think you for sure need to do, uh, create a synopsis, and this is going to be a short synopsis, not more than a page, that, uh, that tells beginning, middle, and end what is going on in your book. Uh, you also must come up with one line or one very short paragraph, a couple of lines that uh, that tells what the book is about, and you will end up using that that short short synopsis uh, over and over again. And it needs to be showbiz. It needs to talk about uh, what are the characters yearning for. Yearning. It's one of my key words of writing that uh, yearning is what drives everything. The yearning means we want something. What do we want when we write? And uh, my synopsis took me about five years. And this is a synopsis that's a paragraph long. So it, it they don't necessarily just happen overnight. Uh, those of you who've done the nano, nano-rimo, uh, bravo to you. That is a real wonderful discipline. And once you're in that writing mode, if you've been working every day, and to get 50,000 words, I've figured it out one time, it's something like, 2,500 words a day, and 2,500 words is 10 pages a day. A a page is uh, about 250 words. Is that right? Is that a page or a paragraph? Well, it's actually, I'll just tell you what it is. It's 1,667 words over a 30-day month, and which is November. So that's what you, so I've just saved you 800 words, Anne. 
So. That's good. Yes, you did. That's great. Yeah, I'm actually writing that down. 1,667 words, words a day. And you have 30 days to do it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so you're writing. Uh, I strongly believe that the very best time to write is in the morning. And uh, I, uh, in my lifetime, uh, I won't say it's today, but I I would get up at about 5 o'clock oh, in the and morning. Hold on. Hold on. I missed my cue. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you? Or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author U extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. AuthorU is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, AuthorU is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms, and it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author U today at authoru.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With us is Ann Randolph, who is a writing coach um, and runs Kitchen Table Writing. You can find her at annrandolph.com. And as we went to the break, that, and I, my fault, everyone, because I wasn't paying attention to my cues, that she was talking about the best time of writing, and she's a believer, and I'll, I'm going to let her come back with that, that the early mornings are often the best. Why is that, Ann? Well, number one, you're fresh in the morning. You may not think you are until you get your coffee down, but but you you're fresh, and this kind of fresh means you don't have other things on you. That you wake up and you're still in, when you're in that sleepy time mode. It's it's just like you're creating dreams when you write, and. Uh, 
I, I still think the morning is, is totally the best. Uh, nobody else is going to bug you. Uh, you are, are come, you're in that sleepy time mode. It's as though you are really still asleep and creating a dream uh, when you're doing this kind of writing. And uh, the very best thing is, in fact, the very best thing is at 5 a.m. and at, most often at 6 a.m., the phone doesn't ring. And I say when you're writing, no matter what time of day it is, if you are writing and the phone rings, you let it go to message. It doesn't matter who it is. You you keep that time, that whole uh, preserved <clears throat> time. Once again, early in the morning, it's a good sleepy time mode. And... Uh, so that's really why I go for that. Now, you can have the same sleepy time mode uh, in the evening. Uh, generally in the evening, I prefer to have a glass of wine than to sit down and write. <laughs> right. And uh, But, you know, you can you can edit pretty well having had that glass of wine. So that's, that's an important thing, too. Or, or not. It depends on how much wine well, you have. Well, that's true. That's okay. True. Yeah. <laughs> on that. All right. So um, I, as an early bird, I know I get a lot done uh, before the phone starts ringing. And I'm just going to suggest that if you have a time for all of you that this seems to be your best time, I'd turn your phone off. You know, well, get even, yeah. Don't don't let yourself get interrupted. I mean, I have I have actually cry, like crime scene tape, uh, which is like I call it my author barrier tape, and it says, and literally it it written across it, it says author work do not cross. Oh, I love and, that. And, yeah. and and I will sometimes when I am, uh, I'm a binge writer, Anne. So I I can start way early in the morning and keep going for 12, 14 hours sometimes when I am really, really in uh, the stream of things. If if you can imagine, so that's what I work on, and and pull it off that way. That's my single best thing to do. Well, and I also believe that uh, you should time your writing in the morning, but you sit down and you say, I'm going to write for 15 minutes, or I'm going to write for a half hour or a full hour. I also believe in a timer and having an actual timer on, and I will sit uh, that I'm going to do a 30-minute write. I will set that timer rather than for 30 minutes. I set it for uh, 25 minutes and so when the buzzer goes off and here's a good great key to buzzer is the timer on your stove that you just turn mm -hmm. that timer on mm -hmm. but when it but if you set it for five minutes and you still are going to have another five minutes uh you you know to start wrapping up and and I also believe with time writing, your body, if you know the amount of time, your body will designate a beginning, middle, and end of your work. And particularly if you hear that ding from the stove, then uh, then something brilliant generally comes up at that very end, and uh, it's, that's often called the cap. And you know you you have to get that great that stuff down before your last five minutes are up. So I, I totally believe in mm. uh, in timing your work, even if you have two minutes to write, or you have five minutes to write. Well, Another I think way, 
Yeah, I think that when you say that, I, lo I love the phrase, the cap, um, that when you say that, uh, I, you know, if I, I love to watch cooking shows. And it's always at that very last 30 seconds, it's like, oh, my God, they're getting all this creativity and the presentation is coming out. If they had done all that 20 minutes early, it probably wouldn't have had just those kind of unique little touches. I'm thinking what I'm hearing you say is a lot of times writing works that way, too. And that burst. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, it's interesting because you can feel like, well, I'm not in the mood for this. But just by doing it, even if you don't don't get in the mood, that uh, you can you'll come up with some really fine writing. I also believe that uh, that writing. Uh, what am I trying to say? That. Everything you write when you're doing this kind of writing, I call this fresh writing. I used to call it free writing, and people thought it was thought that they got it for free. So, and, and many, many times, you know, I do offer things for free. Um, but uh, anyway, the timing, doing that timing, and knowing what your body is gonna gonna do. Uh, that beginning, that middle, and that end will naturally come. And so uh, I just I encourage everyone to at least try, you know, say, well, this week I'm going to set the timer and see what kind of work happens. The other thing that is huge in uh, doing this kind of writing is to hear the writing. And I encourage, uh, after you've written, for you to read your material out loud. And uh, you you read it exactly as you wrote it, even if you have mistakes. You read those mistakes out loud, and you can make little marks of where you think you might need to go back. But you don't want to stop. <clears throat> I also say that uh, I believe in writing by hand, and I think that I often ask people, why would by hand be important? Uh, one thing that I like to think about is your hand is the closest to your heart. And so all that uh, thinking about and analyzing and doing those kinds of things, making things better, uh, doesn't really happen that when you're writing by hand. Then, of course, if you write by hand, and I say in the morning, in the afternoon or even later morning, I think that you should type your work. And the, it is so important to type the work exactly as it is, even if it has mistakes in it. And I'll give an example of that. Once I was writing and I said, uh, I'm worried about my weight. And when I started typing it in, I had written, I'm worried about my W-A-I-T. Now that is something. Whoa, yeah. That's what, that's what the waiting, that's what this is all about. Um, so uh, anyway, I, you, you will find that you will have, uh, you'll have mistakes that will end, end up being the genius when you work. Uh, I, I also think that writing fast 
is important when you're doing this handwriting uh, so you don't stop and think about something. You don't say, oh, well, I'll write about the outline. No, then you just write that down. I'll write about the outline when I'm done with this, but my mother never really paid any attention to me and never told me that I did anything well. So what's better in the writing? To get to my mother didn't pay attention and you know, didn't encourage me about for doing anything well, which makes me the world's greatest achiever. I'm looking for somebody to tell me you did that well or you did that good is okay. <laughs> Either one will work, right? It all works. Every one of everything works. In fact, Judith did uh, was in one of my workshops so that I actually did at Judith's house, and uh, and she came up with. I don't know if you remember the what you came up with, but she she came up with uh, some lines that even shocked Judith Briles of all people <laughs> in the world. Oh, oh I'm, I'll do the reveal. I was comparing the integrity of publishing with the integrity of a prostitute. I can't remember what was the trigger that took me down that path, but once it started. Once it started, it flowed like crazy. It flowed like crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's a great image. It is a, it's a great image that can go in a lot of directions, and and you can you can play off that time and time again. The other thing is, oftentimes people say, "Oh, I've already written that." Well, good. That means it's important. So if you've already written it, then be sure to write it again because it's going to have a different viewpoint uh, this next time you're writing. You could write something that when you were 10 years old you wrote one way, and then today as an adult it's the same story, but it's got some different emphasis to it. It does. You know, it does. And, that, and that's really where you have to go with it and, and, and working through it and, and, and being open. I think that one of the things is that if, if people will allow themselves to be open for the serendipity, which a it happens a lot in writing, does it not? And absolutely, absolutely. And in fact, you can write about something in the morning and have the exact same thing happen when you're shopping at King Supers and which is just, that's total serendipity. Mm-hmm. It is total serendipity, and you may even find the topic shopping at King Supers. Or and there it is, yeah. You know your observation. Listen, I have one of one of my speaking colleagues goes to the grocery store for her material. She's a humorist. She goes to the grocery store for her material, and she says, "All I do is I walk around with a cart and watch and listen." And she puts together her routines. So. You never know. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. Another great thing to do is to eavesdrop on people. If you are sitting in a coffee shop and you hear the people at the table behind you and they are saying some things they would never say if they knew somebody was was hearing them, and, even, and take notes. Jot down what you hear they're saying. <laughs> have your sticky, have your sticky pad out, or uh, uh oh, we turn on the phone and record. Probably not a good idea. 
I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I think you got to be really careful. On what the you're reason doing. it might not be a good idea is because your phone may not pick up everything that you want it to hear. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. All right. The, I, here's another idea. Go in the and for for you ladies out there, go in the women's restroom, and and oh. and just listen. You are stunned what you hear. Stunned. With that, we're going to take another quick break. With this is Ann Randolph. It's author you, your guide to book publishing. Great. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at TogiNet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcast. The subjects our podcasts cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching, to military resources, to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com that's s-c-o-t-t at t-o-g-i-n-e-t r-a-d-i-o dot com Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so we're talking writing. A lot of the a lot of our listeners, a lot of you may know people who are participating in November. It's every year. Uh, the Nano Write Month that goes on, and the goal is to write 50,000 words, which is 1,667 if you're trying to meet a good daily goal thing. My experience is, and I'd love to have Ann pop in here, my experience is that's not very that many words when you are really into it, when when the bug catches you. 
Um, and I know that I have often written an entire chapter in a full day, which could be many, many, many thousands of words once I start the flow. Uh, so, and what's, uh, what are the things that you have found? I mean, you're an author, you write fiction. That I do write fiction because I'm not smart enough to write nonfiction. Oh, <laughs> oh and I see, I, I feel that's the other way around. I'm not clever enough to come up with the off-the-wall genesis seeding of ideas that fiction books start with. Once I see them, I can figure out and I can add to them. But some of the amazing beginning points um, or, you know, the, the concept of the book, I, I, I am in awe of authors who do that. Well, and, and that points up a, a really important thing for a writer, and that is to read, to mm. read Every, including the cereal box, to read everything that you can possibly <laughs> see. And ideas will come from that. Uh, it's interesting because Joyce Carol Oates uh, says that she doesn't read anything but her own material when, when she's working. If she's working a short story, if she's working another novel, uh, that she doesn't read other people's material, but she encourages that that you do read. And when I read, uh, I I actually use a what are they five by six something like that uh, uh, index card, and I use that as the bookmark. And then I either take notes or I jot down the page number of where something very cool uh, is is what I just read. Uh, I also, in my workshops, uh, I use uh, mostly fiction, but I use uh, material from good books. And it, when I say material, I'm talking about not more than a paragraph. I also use poetry. I use lots of poetry with my workshops. And it's a great way to... Uh, to start your writing, and you don't have to be in a workshop to do that. If you go online, uh, poetryfoundation.com, there's another Poetry Daily, uh, and once you start getting into the uh, poetry online, uh, you'll find all kinds of sites where you can get a poem. In fact, I get about five poems in my email box every morning. I mean, and the reason I keep doing that many is because I, it gives me something profound to use for my classes. Um, so anyway, the, the, doing the poetry, uh, it, it lets you zoom into the world of other people. It, it lets you zoom into a world where somebody really terrific wrote something and you start becoming one or friends with that person. Uh, another question that comes up is, uh, if I'm writing something and I haven't finished what I want to write, but I have to stop, how do I get back into the zone? And uh, one of the very best ways is uh, is to pull up the material that you are, are have just been working on or you are just creating by hand and restart by writing the last uh, sentence or two that you left off on. And that helps zip you into the zone. Uh, that's advice from F. Scott Fitzgerald. And every time he would sit down to write, he would start. And Hemingway, it also comes from Hemingway. And uh, he would Re rewrite just the exact words that he stopped with and then keep going from there. So I, I, I love 
I actually love that idea, Anne, to to really think about because people do have to stop. It could be the dinner bell rings. It could be exactly. you know, who knows? Who knows that all of it? And you're you're deep in the heart of it, and it's like yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, but, but you're pulled away. So get back so you mentally, so you mentally, emotionally can stop dropping back in. Exactly, exactly. And then once again, I I always say write anything that comes up. You know, don't edit yourself. So if you were fixing dinner, the the it was you know you wanted to restart you wrote the last line of restarting again and uh, and you and let anything come up like that was a terrible dinner that i made tonight or what the hell am i going to serve tomorrow <laughs> it's so, but you know let anything come out of uh, your hand and once again and i might have said this already but uh it's so much easier to type what you just wrote. So if you can write by hand and then almost immediately type in the material, I say type it in exactly, put in the mistakes exactly, and I rename the material. Like if I've already started typing it and then then I'm going to try to type in again, I create a whole new file and uh, I put, I name the file, and I always put the year, always put the year in the name of the file, and uh, and then I put dot rwt, and for me that means rewrite. So I have that first material with all of its bumps and all of its mistakes, and then I have the rewrite of the material. But I don't want to work on the original document because. Uh, it's that working on that document is a great way to lose the fire that came from the first material. So I'll save something, uh, uh, writing ideas for tomorrow, and I'll save it, a dot two o. I want to be sure I have the date on it. And uh, then when I work on that, I copy it make a whole new file or I do a save as and I save it with the same name but I put .rwt so I know that's the most current one. So I I have a question. How many files are you going to end up with? Because one of the things that that scares me just a little bit, I, I love the concept of making a copy and doing your editing on the copy and keep the original with all its mistakes and all those things because that's where the fire was. And you don't want to lose that. I so get that. My yeah. concern is, though, that in working with authors, if I have over the years with you know whole files, whole manuscripts going back and forth, is that uh, I, I always want them to create a master folder called old. So everything just what's it? You know, once we've got a new one, you get rid of that old or disappear it. Uh, in a safe place because there is gems in there. You may want to go back and pull on it. But I've seen the experience where they keep going over and redoing and redoing and redoing, oh, right. and, it, and it loses it loses the fire totally. Exactly, exactly. Uh, or, or we've already gone through this, and we have done this cleanup, and it's really gotten it in pretty good shape, and all of a sudden they're ba- they found an old file, and they start diddling around with it. Um and that gets scary, Anne. 
And that's my, uh, when you save your file, I also put the date in it. So mm -hmm. uh, the work I was doing yesterday was 1027.20. And then uh, what I'm correcting tomorrow or the next day is 1030 or 1029. Mm -hmm. And then that's how you can separate. But to put the dot RWT really separates the original writing uh, from what you're working on, what what you're working at this time. Oh, no, uh, I, I totally get that on that. But here's what they often, my experience is, they often don't read the file names. They just open one and start working on it again. And that's what, where I think they get in trouble. Exactly. I also, when I do a printout, I put a footer on every page of, of the printout, and then I go into uh, its footer, insert, quick parts, and then I go to a column that's in the quick parts that says uh, file name, and I click that file name, and I also click this little box there that says file path, and I click that so every page I own has a footer of where it is on my computer. And then if I pick up something that was from a year or two ago, I have at the bottom how to refine that. Uh, I even uh, name my poems. When I take down poems for mm -hmm. uh, classes, I, I put that whole file path in the footer. And I, recently I've gotten where I – it puts me in the footer, and then I can't get out of the footer. And I, I don't know what's going on with my computer, but... Uh, you know, well, okay, so those instructions, were you talking about a Mac? I am not talking about a Mac. You're I'm not, talking, okay. I'm, I'm talking about a, a regular... Uh, PC. A WP, yeah, a, a regular desktop is what I do this on. Okay. And... Uh, but but creating that footer, and it can be any way. I mean, you can put in the, if you can remember in your brain where you have it on your computer, then you can just type that in. But it's so much easier if you click and you click file, insert, and and go through you know, some steps for that. Um, and how to do that you can find online too, which is uh, particularly if you have a Mac or something, you know, something that doesn't ring a bell with what I'm saying. Well, systems are always different, um, but I think that what Anne is really saying, which is important for all of you, you need to have stuff labeled. You, you've got to have some system that you get, and I all get that. I've always said this: sometimes my Monday brain will not reveal to Wednesday what it did. Um, exactly. what, what papers it put in what pile, in what file. So, and I'm so visual, I've got to see everything all the time. So that you've got to create a system that works for you. I think that's the number one thing to understand. But you right. also have got to identify these different files so it's very clear what is the latest and greatest that you have had your fingers on. But also, as Anne says, when you need to, sometimes there is that gem that's lurking back there. How you get over? How do you get to it and find it? With that said, we're going to take our final break. With this is Anne Randolph, and we're talking about writing magic. Great.
This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and e-zine at thebookshepherd.com. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author. Your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Right, so we're talking about writing your writing success, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. And certainly teaches the fiction side, but she has written articles, she does blogs, she does all kinds of things. She has a fabulous newsletter that she sends out. She her, she's got her foot in both paths, but for her heart writing, it's in the fiction line. So I, I think that what I want to do is spend our, our last few minutes. Really, with that, and how many students have gone through your classes over the years? Oh my what do you God. guesstimate? Yeah, I, I, several, several hundred, several hundred. I'm probably into the thousand. I've, I've done this for I can't remember a long time. Six, yes, fifteen or sixteen years. Um, and 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 uh, a couple of my students have completely published their books, and, and this is in recent time. Uh, Lindsay Andrews has was in a cult in her twenties, and uh, and escaped the cult. And uh, her book has just come out, and it's called Trapped: 
Memoir of a Cult Survivor. It's really quite a beautiful book. And uh, and then another one of my, of my writers, uh, her father was the first African-American uh, to uh, go to Antarctica. And this was in the Whoa. 30s. It might have been even earlier than that. And uh, and she's working with a publisher uh, now. And uh, she's stunned because she's had to rewrite or she's had to uh, cut down words. They're uh, making her book suitable for eighth graders. So she's taken an adult book and and coming up with the action scenes. But... Uh, and and she changed the title to she originally had uh, we are all Antarctica, which was a little more spiritual of that you know we're all a part of this world and life and the circumstance, and uh, it's now uh, oh I forget what it's changed it's changed to uh, this is Antarctica this is Antarctica and she has photographs and she has photographs of her father uh, on a wooden ship. That's, he went to, went to Antarctica on a wooden ship, and uh, anyway, so so you know those are the people that have just had books that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Well, that it's always fun when you see it come full circle, when you feel that baby in your hand, so to speak. <laughs> It's, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and doing that. Well, I, I know one class I had had like 50 or 60 people. I mean, and you've done thousands and thousands over the years. You have spoken I to really so have. many people. But so the, the question that you, is there a question when a student enters in or whether you're at a workshop or a long-term relationship and working with them that you wish they'd ask and they don't? Oh, there are a lot of questions, and and if they don't ask, I'm going to get them with it anyway. So, it, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter. Um, oh, I I would love for people to ask questions like, uh, why do why do I do this? Why do I want to do this? And uh, there are a number of answers for that. Uh, probably the biggest. I mean, of course, you know, some people want to be published. That's fine. Being published is not the end all whatsoever. And the real reason that we do writing, particularly writing by hand, is we're actually looking to find ourselves. And through the writing, we can discover, uh, uh, one writer would say, I write to know how I feel. I write to know what I think. And, and it's a, a, a digging, it's not digging because you're allowing. You're allowing yourself to go inside and, uh, and know how you feel. What, well, how do I feel? What do I think? What do I think about this particular subject or this dilemma? One thing that is so important in the writing is always to date your work. And um, I, I just, I, it's so easy to forget that. And uh, when you're doing your handwriting or even if you're on the computer and writing, you always want to put the date and you want to for sure include the year because you're going to end up with a lot of material, and writing in uh, 1998 is very different from writing in 2020. Um, so I, I find that important. I also uh, I put the date, including the year, 
I put the day of the week because Wednesday morning writing is very different from Sunday afternoon writing or Saturday morning. And I like to sort of know how I'm feeling these different times. And then hugely important, I put the time and be sure to put a.m. or p.m. because writing in the afternoon is different from early writing. But I just always do that. It helps ground me, but particularly when I go back Back to the material, it helps me know it, what kind of writing I was doing on, on what particular day. Or where you were. So you don't put that all in the title. I, I don't put it in the title. I, I, uh, yeah, I put yeah. just a little series of dates and times. A lot of times I put, like to put place because uh, writing by the river is very different actually from writing by the ocean or writing sitting at my desk looking at all my clutter that's around my desk. Uh, but it, it's really important. And then it's also important to put your name on the work. Oftentimes people will write write something, they'll hand it in to me, and they don't even have a name on it. But the most important thing about putting your name is you want to claim what you've done. And a good way to do that is to just put your name on it. So I have like a, a you know a little series of you know maybe three or four or five lines of that kind of material and then I put a title. A, a lot of times people ask uh mm -hmm. you know how do I come up with a title? You when you start to write you can toss something out and that can be the working title, but it's best to really come up with your title after you've written the work. Because once again, we said before, you don't know what you've written until you've done it. Mm. You know, I really believe that, that a, a client that I'm working in right now, he was describing his life um, and, and what he's doing. And when he said, he, he happened to say some, a line, and I said, that's your book title. That's Absolutely. a fabulous yeah. title. And I've had that happen. I remember talking with another woman, uh, Lori Golden's book, My House of Lies. And she was telling me the backstory of what went on. And I said, my God, Lori, you grew up in a house of lies. And I'm going, that's, oh. where, that's where we're at. <laughs> No, and I mean it's so intriguing. I mean you're you're hitting you're hitting the gut of what your material is about. Mm -hmm. Yes, and her and her book is wonderful. But it's that now you're talking about bringing the emotion back in, and, and taking you back into that place uh, that is exactly. so essential. And the only thing that the reader really cares about is is what's going on with you. What were your flaws? What got in the way of your doing, of you becoming an opera singer at 22 years old? What, what kinds of things? We care about your struggles, your hurt, your, your flaws, and we also care about your joys and your successes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But people also, I, I've learned long ago and over the years, it's like when I did a book that exposed the embezzlement that I went through, and it turned out to become the, the lemonade of uh, building a 25-year career in healthcare. But it was in writing that people wanted to know, they always wanted to know, how did you get taken how, how did you get taken? You're not dumb. And secondly, how did you get out of it? They, oh, yeah. People want to cheer for your 
bailing yourself out and and all that and i guess that's what memoirs are all about hey it, you know <laughs> It absolutely is. It absolutely is. How did you get where where you got? Uh, what what did you get? Oftentimes, it's really important at the very beginning to say, "I I got embezzled," and then we know the whole story is about where that came from, how it happened, how it could happen to anybody. Oh yes. Uh, yep. Those things happen. All right. So another question. What are uh, what are the most common mistakes besides not dating things, not having things in files? <laughs> right. What are what are the most common mistakes that you well, see? Yeah, I always say your mistakes are your treasures, and uh, the most common mistake is is uh, people trying to edit their work while they're writing it. I say uh, if if you come across something that you that you just know isn't exactly right, I slap parentheses around it and keep going, and uh, I discourage until you're in editing mode. I discourage putting uh, crossing out anything because what happens is when you cross something out, you put negative energy on the page. And you can be writing about something that's negative, and that's that's great, that's fine. But when you cross through, that ugly line that goes through is a way to stop what's happening in the flow. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest common mistake is that people want to fix their work uh, as they go. Mm-hmm. Uh, another mm-hmm. common mistake is uh, not daring to tell the truth. And, uh, you know, something awful might have happened in your life. Well, you can remember that, number one, you don't have to share it with anybody. But getting but getting that story and the energy of that story, and you can take the energy of that story and put that into a, another work. This is about something completely different, but it gives right. you a new way to look at things. And we're going we're gonna to stop on that thought. Take the energy of your story and put it in another work. And that's called The Next Book. With that, Anne Randolph, thank you so much for being with us on Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. Great. Thank you. It was a joy. All right. All right. So, everyone, you can find Anne at Anne, Randolph.com. I'm Judith Bryles, the Book Shepherd, and we look forward to being with you next week. Be smart, learn more, keep writing and publishing. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.